Welcome to Do It Right, a podcast hosted by second-year medical students at William Carey University College of Osteopathic Medicine, i.e. Wukukam. My name is Amir Khan, and today I'll be joined by Logan Samuel Rogers. Today, we're going to have a very fun episode for you guys in regards to lifestyle medicine and uh, maintaining a healthy lifestyle in medical school. So today we'll be talking about work-life balance and more specifically, the life aspect of work-life balance. So Logan, tell me, what do you do for to maintain that? Oh, I'm so glad you asked, Amir. I love talking about myself. Um, <laughs> so for me, uh, before medical school, I actually was uh, really into lifting. I was a power lifter and then I got really into cycling. So I was actually in really good shape before medical school. And that was one of the hard things coming into medical school was losing all of that fitness and realizing that, you know, I don't necessarily have as much time to get it back. I can't go always on like four hour bike rides or spend two or three hours in the gym like I used to. Uh, what I found in medical school, I still do all those things. And I actually started doing uh, more of those things. I actually got into doing triathlons this year. Um, and also, as you know, playing basketball. Oh, I know. Oh, you know. <laughs> oh, you know. Playing basketball. Um, and also getting back in the gym. So I do, I still do all that stuff, but I've had to find ways to more so kind of fit it in my schedule than necessarily like build it around my schedule. I guess really you could look at it as I put those things in my schedule and I have to do them. So I plan my day around those things. I think that's beautiful, Logan. I mean, in terms of like, you gotta, you gotta have a little bit of flexibility in your schedule, right? Like obviously we have set schedules in terms of studying, you know, like focusing on the work part of our work-life balance, but uh, there's a little little bit of flexibility you need to have maintaining the life part, mm-hmm. right? Like you said, building your, your day around your activities mm-hmm. and making sure that you can reward yourself with those activities with, you know, putting in that the X amount of study time and be like, all right, I have something to look forward to at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, I could tell you a little bit about myself if you if you would like to hear. I mean, personally, anybody. I would love that. Okay. <laughs> so growing up, I was a very hyper child and... Uh, I had a lot of energy in me and I probably drove like a lot of my family members crazy for that reason. Um, so I was really thankful to at some point in my life discover, you know, team sports such as like basketball, volleyball and really any sports. Really, I just uh, I had an inclination towards sports. So it was a, gr- it was a perfect outlet for me. Uh, besides sports, you know, I also joined like a dance team at, d- at various points in my life. And so those were the perfect outlets for me. I was very lucky enough to be able to partake in all these activities before medical school. But, you know, starting medical school, I knew that something would have to give. I would have to compromise somewhere. So I decided, you know, at least the mo- the thing that I was most passionate about was uh, basketball. So I would at least continue that. As you know, you know, I've been trying to, you know, with Com Basketball Club and everything, like I see that that was a place for a lot of us to get that, that activity that we all so desperately need because, I mean, we're studying so many hours a day, you know, like there needs to be some sort of thing that we need, that we should do to, you know, blow up the steam at the end of the day. Um, and so that that's why I decided to start with mm-hmm. Com Basketball Club. And, you know, obviously we, we all joined that okay. that project. And how many people do we have, you know, show up every week now, right? Like oh, yeah. at least once a week, we have about 20 people. Um, mm-hmm. It's a beautiful thing, right? Like in terms of you got, you got to blow that, that, that stress yeah. out. For me, that outlet has, has been basketball, you know. Yeah. And, you know, having that work-life balance in medical school is just, it's a hard thing to do and look at because you always have that feeling of, I need to study. It's pulling you towards your desk or pulling you towards wherever. Also having the, 
aspect of I need to exercise, I need to eat well, pulling you in another direction. Sometimes those feel like they're pulling you in a different direction. You definitely conflict. Yeah, it's definitely, it can feel conflicting. Um, and even me, I'm, you know, I have a big fitness background. I'm a certified personal trainer and I still struggle with that in medical school. I know what I should be doing, but it's hard to actually implement those things. But knowing, uh, and we'll talk about this later in the episode with Dr. Parker, knowing that those things don't have to necessarily be pulling you in different directions. They can both be benefiting each other and pushing you towards, you know, a great career in medicine because when you have that healthy lifestyle and when you, you know, are still putting in that study time, obviously, those things can really complement each other and actually, you know, really enhance your medical learning and your medical career. At the end, it's actually pulling you in the same direction. Exactly. You know, obviously we have to be, you know, study well and know our information to be good doctors in the future. But if we're not applying those same things that we're preaching to our patients in the future, what good is the information that we're learning? Exactly. You got to live by example. Exactly. And that just takes uh, being a little bit more intentional in terms of we're intentional about studying, you know, Mm -hmm. so we've got to be intentional about our lifestyles, our our sleeping habits, our exercise habits, our Mm -hmm. nutritional habits. It takes being intentional with these things. I agree. It's not easy, but it becomes easy eventually when you have a happy brain, you have a a smart brain. Yep. 100% agree. Once it becomes a part of your life, it's just kind of second nature. It becomes a habit. So implementing early may be a hard thing to do, but once you can get it down, there's always going to be something that comes and disrupts your flow and you may have to readjust. But, you know, once you get it down, it's going to really, like I said, benefit your life, benefit your setting, benefit everything. The hardest thing is always the first step. Yep, right? absolutely. Uh, you take that first step and you're a few steps in now and it just gets easier. Yeah. Once you realize you can do it, it becomes a lot more it feels more realistic. And again, like I said, it's going to be a fun episode. So this this episode, we're going to have a few guest speakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, none other than Dr. Parker join uh, us. And uh, absolutely. we're going to have an OMS 1 student and an OMS 2 student as well. Uh, we'll leave who they are as a surprise. So Mystery. you got to hear the rest of the episode to, to find out who joins oh, us. <laughs> Without further ado, let's do it. We have our amazing professor, Dr. Parker Day, on the podcast joining us. Hello, Dr. Parker. Could you introduce yourself to the audience? Absolutely. Thank you both for having me. I'm really excited that you've chosen this topic for one of your podcasts, as I think it's an incredibly important topic. I am Dr. Parker. I serve the comm as a professor of biochemistry. And now most recently, I've added the job of associate dean managing the integration of the first and second year curriculum. Awesome. So we are talking about lifestyle medicine today. Can you tell us how uh, lifestyle medicine has impacted your life? Absolutely. Lifestyle medicine has really made a huge impact on my life. It's changed how I approach most things in my life. Just to give you a little bit of background, I first started looking into lifestyle medicine a few years back when my daughter really became active. And I realized that I needed to improve my overall health so that I could really keep up with her and do the things that I wanted to do. I had a challenging pregnancy, a lot of postpartum depression, and my life just really wasn't where I wanted it to be. And thank goodness I recognized that with the help of family and friends. And we made some changes. We've incorporated good nutrition, exercise, you know, fun, different things we can do, you know, to incorporate fitness, the importance of sleep, the importance of our social connections, and just truly our overall health. And I'm so proud to say it's really made such a positive impact on my personal life, but also my husband and 
my now 13-year-old daughter. She's really navigating her way through this very hormonal and challenging time in the life of every teenage girl. And I think a big part of that is she is much more healthy than she would have been if we had not made these changes. Yeah. It's always great to hear how other people have overcome the challenges they have faced, especially in regards to health, because that's such a tricky topic and a hard topic to navigate. So speaking of navigating that topic, I think a particularly hard instance where, you know, some people struggle navigating this topic is medical school. So what is the biggest challenge you think med students face when it comes to maintaining a healthy lifestyle? I think the easy answer to that question, of course, is time. There's only so much time in the day, but it's really more than time. I think it comes down to priorities. I need each medical student here to remember that, yes, it is a priority to study. It is a priority to learn, critically think, and become the physicians that I need to take care of me as I'm getting older. But I also need you to to prioritize your own health. If you are not healthy, then nothing else is going to matter in the long run. And, you know, a quote that my brother loves to say to me all the time, my brother's an exercise physiologist, very into fitness, is that you can either make time for your health now or a doctor's going to force you to make time for your health later. So it's just, it's really key to find that time and prioritize just a little bit of time every day for yourself while you're in medical school. Yeah. So, I mean, you definitely mentioned about time management and everything uh, in terms of finding a good balance. I think that's very difficult to do for a lot of people. So, uh, what would you? What would be your number one recommendation that you would give a medical student in regards to maintaining a healthy lifestyle, along with like everything that they've got going on with school and uh, the workload that med school requires of students? Absolutely, it's a great question, and I think it's a great question because I need all of you future physicians to learn how to answer that question for your patients because every patient you encounter is going to have that problem of time. You have to come up with your why. What is that one thing that is most important to you? For me, what was most important was my child. So I started making very small changes and every time I made the change, I thought about how is this small change going to improve my time that I spend with my child? And so that baby step is different for everyone. You have to find that why and what small change can you make that's going to improve your life. And then you just keep making those small changes over and over again. A really easy tip I would give my medical students is to prioritize your nutrition. I look at food logs now for my medical students every spring, and I see so many skipped meals or meals that are coming from vending machines just because didn't take that small baby step of planning just a little what you were going to eat that day. And so that can be 10 minutes in the morning. Just make yourself something small, even if it's fruit and nuts, just so you have something to eat. So that's just my small tip. Awesome. Yeah. That tip for me has definitely come in handy. Just having something to eat rather than, you know, having to be like, I have to go to the machine. Or I have to go to the diner or something. And speaking of nutrition, what role does nutrition play uh, in a med student's life, really, how can it influence their learning or how they, you know, navigate the day? Because it's really easy to just be like, oh, you know what, instead of putting my time here and focusing on my uh, meal prep and everything, yeah. you just put that time into studying, mm -hmm. right? It, it can be very difficult to do that type of thing. So what, like going off of what Logan said, uh, what would you be a recommendation? I think the, the answer is probably what you really don't want to hear. And that is, what's the purpose of studying? The purpose of all this time you're spending studying is to learn. And if you're not feeding your brain the nutrition, the fuel that it needs, 
you're not going to be working at your maximum capacity. So if you really think of that end goal of learning, you need proper nutrition. You know, we could sit here and we could switch it and go a little biochemistry and we could talk about exactly how those nutrients get into your body and what they're turned into, you know, all the way down to your neurotransmitters that are necessary for, you know, memory formation and things of that nature. Exercise is going to affect certain hormones that are released and those hormones are going to affect your ability to really create those memories and critically think. So you just, the overall answer is you want your brain working at 100% and, and you need proper nutrition to do that. I agree. And I think for some people that may be an easier buy-in when they, you know, realize how it's going to influence their academics, you know, how they feel. And that may be something a little bit easier. Like I could go buy fruits, buy vegetables. I can have stuff that is healthy to eat. One thing that I do feel like may be a little bit more difficult because ultimately you have to eat eventually, but something you really don't have to do is exercise. When I came into school, I was previously pretty good shape, uh, very in fitness, but then that first year of medical school, I was like, well, need more time to study. Uh, whether I was subconscious or conscious, I, you know, didn't work out as much. And I noticed how I felt definitely took a nosedive. So what would you recommend for medical students as far as getting that physical activity in? Why it's good to get that physical activity in? So as far as the best way to get your physical activity in, again, start very small. Stand when you're, instead of sitting, just move around a little more each day. It's ridiculous the number of calories you can burn standing versus sitting. But in addition to that, I know that all of you medical students love to watch videos on YouTube and listen to other professors give you information. So while you're doing that, don't sit at your computer. Grab your cell phone, put in some earbuds and go for a walk while you're listening to that. Just turn studying into some sort of activity. It only takes a few weeks to turn physical activity into a habit where it just becomes second nature. So if you take that small step and just incorporate more standing, more walking, then you will get to the point that you can incorporate more maybe jogging or increase the intensity of that exercise. I also truly believe that a big part of learning in medical school is having a conversation with your your colleagues, testing each other, talking about the material. So go to the gym. While you're lifting weights, very lightweight, so you can still talk, but, you know, have a conversation. Talk about that, you know, incredibly fun metabolic pathway that you're learning while you're working out. Think about how you're making epinephrine and you're, and, and what that's doing to your body. Have that conversation. Uh, I think likewise, I'm in the same boat as Logan. Before coming in to medical school, I was a very active individual. And I think it comes down to, uh, like what you said, Dr. Parker, taking small steps, right? Something that like a lot of us uh, comp students have done is uh, at least once a week, we would play basketball. And that's like a, a place where we get our you know mental break from studying. And it's a place where we get our physical activity as well. And uh, it's a place where we get our motivation to continue to do, you know, uh, to be, be better students in terms of keeping a consistency. That's what's helped us. So, um, you know, we got to talk a, bit, a little bit about nutrition. We got to talk a little bit about exercise. What would you recommend in terms of uh, relaxation techniques or like things to kind of uh, blow off the stress? That's aside from obviously we know the benefits that nutrition can have. We know the benefits that exercise can have. But what are some other things in terms of uh, relaxation that you would uh, recommend for medical students? Well, you you actually already answered your question without even realizing you were doing it. My answer to that is don't give up what you love. 
if you love something, doing that activity is going to relieve stress. So, and I try to tell students this in their admissions interviews. So if playing basketball is something that you love, by doing that once a week, that is helping your stress. I love to sleep personally. So to me, if you took my sleep away, that's going to double my stress level. So I can tell you that if you give me any answer to the, if I get to answer that question for myself, I'm going to take a 30 minute nap where others may think a 30 minute nap is going to just make them feel terrible. So again, that's really kind of specific for everyone. I do think that closing your eyes and taking a few minutes to think really is lost on a lot of people. Whenever I study, I still study because I got to make sure I know a little bit before I come in to talk to you all in class. Before I go to bed at night, I have a quiet place that I go and I sit and I close my eyes and I start thinking about the material to myself. And that turns into a moment of just pure relaxation for me. Even though, yes, I'm still thinking about the study material, the slowing of my breathing and the taking everything else out of my brain, the fact that I need to get my daughter's softball bag ready for the next day. What are we going to have for lunch the next day? What I take all that out of my brain. And that is really a nice stress relieving moment for myself as well. That's a perfect segue into our <laughs> next topic. Um, what are your recommendations for sleep for med students? Something, you know, all of us probably universally <laughs> for the most part do not get enough of. Yes. My recommendation is sleep more. <laughs> realize, realize that staying up all night and studying to a point is going to harm you. I could link you to hundreds of scientific articles where they have demonstrated that working physicians, other working professionals make more mistakes when they do not have enough sleep. That should easily relate to you that if you do not have enough sleep, you're more likely to make what you would all call a silly mistake on your exam. That mistake that when you walk out of an exam, you think to yourself, Oh my gosh, what was I thinking? Why did I why did I choose answer B? That doesn't I know the answer to that. That type of issue typically comes from just not getting sleep, not resting, not being at your best. So, you know, let's be realistic. The American College of Lifestyle Medicine recommends individuals at your age get seven to nine hours of sleep a night. I know you're not gonna get nine hours of sleep every night, but there should never be a night when you don't go to sleep when you just study all night and then come take exams. And I've seen you all do that. And you, you really can't do that to yourself. Um, Guilty. <laughs> you shouldn't do that to yourself. Your brain needs to sleep to properly develop those memories. I know you all learned that in neuro, so <laughs> not making this up. You know, you're right. We did. We have learned this many times. But um, and I think relating that to more so our future, because you know, making that silly mistake on an exam now may not seem like, you know, terribly detrimental, you're bummed about it. But thinking about the future where if you keep these habits, then you may affect, you know, a patient in the future, I think is a lot more powerful and kind of may, you know, push someone to be like, okay, I may need to start thinking about getting more sleep or trying to implement things to get more sleep. Definitely. I mean, if we can't take care of ourselves, how are we going to be taking care of others, right? Yeah. That's, that's a great point to be made. One of the most stressful careers as of the last time it was studied, in the top three was family medicine. And it is one of the most common careers that we see a burnout from too much stress, 
And all of that relates back to the lifestyle of the physician. Medical school is the perfect time to train yourselves to live the life you're going to tell your patients that you want them to live so that you can be that role model for them. Uh, one more fun question. So I remember you telling us last year in lecture that uh, you had a picky eater in the household, and I don't think it's your daughter. How do you maybe, I know, and I have some friends who are, you know, kind of, my cousin, for example, he's on a strict five food diet of corn dogs, hamburgers, <laughs> ice cream, spaghetti, and, you know, the occasional, you know, chicken finger. Uh, so those people, how would you recommend they, you know, navigate that? Because I know he's older now. He has his own kid, and he's like, man, I'm still eating hamburgers and chicken. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It's actually my husband that's the picky eater, not my child. Yeah. My child will eat anything that I put in front of her. Um, you have to you have to meet that person where they are. You have to find a way to first modify some of the things that they love. Give them a healthier version. So one of the things you mentioned, spaghetti. The first thing I did to my husband is I started incorporating some zucchini in the place of some of the pasta. And I started sneaking in some whole grain pastas into his processed pasta. And at first he didn't really notice. And you find that limit <laughs> when you put too much. And then they're like, oh, what is that? So you have to find that balance. But it's, it's a slow process. You definitely don't want to give them a plate of broccoli and salmon and say, tough, this is what you're eating. You have to kind of meet them where they are. Start slow. Small steps with yeah, small steps. Uh, yeah. I think being where they are is a great piece of advice in general for that scenario and also just patients in general. I think small steps in, in all regards. Right? Yeah. Like the hardest part usually is to get started. It's great. Thank you for that information, Dr. Eric Parker. I really liked you to join us today. Um, any last remarks? No, I just, again, I think this is an incredibly important topic, so I appreciate the opportunity to chat with everyone. And if anybody has any specific questions on how to better incorporate nutrition or physical fitness, I'll be happy to provide any information that I can. I'm not an expert. I'm still learning with everyone. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks again, Dr. Parker. Thank you, Dr. Parker. So uh, today we're going to be having uh, an Ole Miss one student join us. I'll just give it right over to him to introduce himself. So go ahead. Yeah. Uh, hey, guys. My name is AJ Henderson, uh, current Ole Miss one. All right. Well, AJ, this episode we're going to be talking about, you know, trying to maintain a healthy lifestyle in medical school. And, you know, medical school uh, can be very challenging and time demanding. So, you know, we can find a lot of difficulty trying to manage that. But you have a wife and five children to also manage on top of that. So how do you uh, kind of maintain a sense of balance with medical school, your family life, and your health? Uh, well, it's definitely hard. I'm not going to sugarcoat that. With five kids, you know, I got a, a very wide range. I got an 18-year-old stepson uh, who I've been the father of for the past nine years. Then I got an eight-year-old, a six-year-old, four-year-old, and a just now two-year-old. Uh, so our, our house is very chaotic. Um, <laughs> I guess that would be an understatement. We've had a lot of practice, I guess, getting our routine down. Uh, nine years now. Um, this summer will be 10 years for us being together, but we just celebrated our ninth anniversary this past 17th. Congrats. Thank you. Um, and so, yeah, we, we just got a routine down that's, that works for us having to balance stuff like that. She takes up some stuff, like some roles, and I take others. Uh, I love to cook. And so typically when I get home, 
I'll try to cook something quick and easy, like some like a baked chicken or have something in the crock pot. She she loves cleaning. Uh, she has she grew up in a household. Her dad cleaned uh, like the president was coming over every single day, uh, and she kind of had that that same philosophy. And so when like along our marriage, uh, she's the only woman I know that gets super super excited for a vacuum cleaner. Oh. Uh, we she just bought okay so we just got two puppies for Christmas nice. uh, for our kids you know, you know our life is not chaotic enough just throw two puppies in mm-hmm. uh, she immediately bought a carpet shampooer on Amazon mm-hmm. and it arrived yesterday and I've never seen her more happier really <laughs> um, so it's stuff like that you know learn learn roles that work for you and your spouse uh, and your family and it helps with the balance What's your favorite thing to cook? Uh, steak. Steak? You know what? That is a <laughs> simple and steak. good answer. I love to grill. My wife doesn't like it, but. Uh. <laughs> well, you guys have, you know, your roles, like you said. So that's that's awesome. You know, AJ, I feel like you would have a lot of advice to give to other medical students who are, you know, who may be parents or, or maybe looking to become parents at some point in their medical school career or career onwards. So, um. On that point, like, what advice would you give to uh, upholding like the family responsibilities and managing either your education or career going forward? Lots and lots of uh, romance, you know. You gotta like, find time for it, right? Gotta find time <laughs> to be with uh, your spouse. It's hard because the time workload for med school is, you know, it's heavy. Uh, and so, like, we moved. I told y'all we moved from Jackson area down here, and so. My family was up there, and so we would see my family quite a lot. And her mom would come from Texas, and she still does come from Texas. So it's it's really about finding that support structure uh, and maintaining it. When we moved down here, we had to find a babysitter, and we found one from our kids' daycare. And so we'll go out on date nights and stuff like that, and just trying to keep some sense of normal normalcy, mm-hmm. I guess. I like that. I think that's really good advice because mm-hmm. sometimes you know the people that are close to you in your life, especially like. Before med school, during med school, they can kind of get pushed to the background. And I think keeping that, being very intentional and keeping those days, like, okay, tonight is date night, or tonight we're doing this, or X, Y, Z, is very important. It, it, it was a very rear, real fear mm-hmm. uh, for my wife. I know we, we talked about it heavily because I was, was the sole provider last year. I was like, so working in the emergency department as a nurse, and she was a stay-at-home mom. Mm-hmm. You know, she loved that role. And uh, she had worked previously, uh, but having that switch flip back when we found out, it was uh, it was a big change. But we worked it out, and you know, I've, I've tried to help not let that fear come back. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but I mean, I know it's tough for people that are newly married and they're wanting to have kids. You can do it. It's just gonna be tough. You gotta plan it accordingly, right? Yes. So, I mean, uh, you mentioned, you know, your your past experience working as a paramedic and, and as an ER nurse. Um, so, like, obviously, I mean, you've already under, you already understand what it's like to have a busy workload. Tell us, like, what wh- what types of things do you do to like maintain your health? I mean, obviously, the cooking thing you've already got talent. So, uh, in terms of you know activity levels, in terms of finding sleep time to sleep enough, you know, uh, how do you manage all those things? Uh, well, I, I think sleep is probably the most important, especially for me. You know, I'm 37, and rest and sleep, we typically get in bed by, or our kids get in bed by 8, 8.30 um, every night, and we'll stay up 
our time is typically after they go to bed, we'll watch a show, watch a movie. Um, she'll watch a show and I'll study. And that's usually what's where my study time is, is from there to possibly midnight. But every night, I don't really push it past midnight. I, I get some sleep. But we'll wake up 6 o'clock every morning, get these kids ready for school. Um, outside of that, like, I try to exercise. You know, last year when I was working, I was running – I was training for a half marathon. I'd run a 10K a week. Uh, I'd lift weights. I was best shape I've ever been in. Uh, my wife was working out. And when she started working and then school started, like I've kind of slipped out of that. And uh, I guess you can call it a New Year's resolution, but I've kind of pushed myself to get back into that routine. And, you know, my kids, they'll see me getting ready to go run. And they're like, oh, can we go? I'm like, <laughs> man, I'm going to outrun you. <laughs> I mean, you got short little stubby legs, like you can't keep up. And they they just get super excited because they want to go out front. Mm-hmm. And like if y'all had dogs, you know, if your dog is out in the front yard and they just boom, sprint, you know, that's what my kids are. They just love going out to the cul-de-sac and riding their bikes. You have a lot of boys, right? So yes. They're high and so energy. <laughs> all that pent up energy inside just gets released. And uh, I'll try to go out and I'll walk with them. Um, so they'll ride their bikes and I'll walk and I got the trail of five boys just meandering <laughs> through the streets. Um, like around, a, like, like a mother goose. And so, uh, like this past weekend I took them out 30 minutes. They got tired, came back home, made them lunch. And then while they're eating lunch, I went and ran for 30 minutes and it's just stuff like that. You got to find time for I definitely uh, see what you're saying there. Uh, I mean, it's definitely easy to fall out of a rhythm, right? You know, you've maintained a physical activity level at some point in your life. Coming into med school, I know uh, my first year, uh, I like I had to give up or at least compromise on a lot of things. I had to find a consistency, but even though it was a lesser amount, it was still like I had to make sure to stay in rhythm with my physical activity. Like you mentioned, uh, finding that motivation again to you got to bring yourself back to uh, you know some some level of physical activity because mm-hmm. you let that go for uh, you know at some point and if you don't work on bringing that back it's hard to get it's back gone it, it, it's tough to get yeah. it makes it even more tough to get back into so i definitely hear you there finding some sort of balance with that yeah it's tough coming from being in the best shape of your life mm-hmm. to being nearly sedentary for yeah. like you know five six months and you're like wow what happened all that all that effort that i'd focus on yeah uh, help like working out. I'm like, I don't have to have it. I got to study. You got to find some sort of a middle ground, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. like, I can't, maybe I can't be at that peak level, but you know, maybe I can be somewhere close there. Yeah. And compromise. We're going to be above average. Yeah. Above average, yeah. at least, right? Yeah, above average. <laughs> yeah, just some final remarks, AJ. Like, well, let us know. I mean, you, got, you have all sorts of life experience. So we would like to hear, you know, just some good, good advice that you'd like to give to the rest of all of us. You know, uh, looking through your last question, uh, stress, you know, I, I know I come from a different background, different experience than a lot of my classmates. And some classmates, you know, have their own stories and, you know, how they kind of help evolve them to prepare or prepare them for med school. But the stress for like from being a paramedic, from working as a charge nurse in the emergency department, it's vastly different from school. You know, of course, you know, it's not anything that would be doubted. But there's a saying about emergency medicine is that it's chaotic. You know, we hear that a lot, but it's about how you control the chaos. And that's truly, like, I guess, the saying of emergency medicine is controlled chaos. And 
the advice that I kept coming back with is like, learn how to manage things that are in your control and adapt to the things that aren't. And I've had practice for that. And so I know a lot of people, it'd be hard, but you get better at it. I think those are some great words to end Controlling the chaos. Yeah, control the chaos. I like that. For all our future aspiring ER physicians out there. And anyone else. For anyone in medicine. Anyone in medicine in general. Careers can always be chaos. chaos at some point. So you definitely have to control the chaos. Like you said, adapt to what you can't control. Mm -hmm. I think that's a beautiful statement from there. Yeah, I love that, Major. Great thing to end on. All right. Well, thanks for being on, AJ. We really appreciate it. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, man. Of course. No swap. Yeah. Today, we are joined by Wukukam Royalty and a fellow OMS2. Would you like to introduce yourself? I guess, I guess. Y'all may bow now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, y'all. I'm Emily Stack, like you said, OMS2. And I am so happy to be here. I'm like, I like to call myself the Carrie cheerleader because I just love <laughs> Carrie so much. And you guys are amazing for having this podcast. It's been amazing to listen to and super honored to be a part of it. Um, what do you want to know about me? Mm-hmm. It's great to have you join us, Emily. Um, just, just to start off, just an intro. Tell us what you do before coming into med school. Tell us about your life and tell us about your life now. Y'all need a whole podcast for this one. <laughs> um, Emily take the, we'll take <laughs> I grew up in Nashville, Tennessee and lived there up until I was 18 and went to school at the University of Hawaii at Manoa. Go Bows! Y'all throw those shakas. And I actually got to run track and cross country there for five years, which was phenomenal. Loved it. And I actually studied civil engineering. I wanted to be a civil engineer, uh, and I was for a hot second before realizing that I hate engineering and being at a desk all day. And that's kind of what then gave me my change to go into medicine. And so at the University of Hawaii, I also did um, a year and a half of grad school in tropical medicine where I got my master's and was also a GA for the track team as well at that time. And then I moved to Colorado for a year and was a surgical assistant for a plastic surgeon and got into med school and here we are in Hattiesburg. So that's the gist of me. I think that is a very good summary. Emily is a woman of many hats. To sum it up, and I've had the pleasure of getting to know Emily during medical school. Uh, We've been able to go to conferences together, and she's also currently my running coach. Um, That's true, actually. Yeah. How's that going? Weeks full of disappointment. Okay. Um, (laughs) Anyway, but no, Emily is uh, truly an inspiration in staying active in medical school, so we would love to pick her brain and ask, uh, Emily, how do you um, kind of prioritize uh, staying active in medical school? And just like, you know, putting that forward and putting also maybe if you want to talk about putting your mental health forward as well. For sure. Yeah. I'm going to quote um, what my bio on Strava says, Um, literally trying to stay sane while in med school. And I attribute running and just any physical activity really is just what keeps me grounded and motivated and honestly, keeps me sane (laughs) throughout this chaos. Um, I get asked this question a lot, so it's kind of funny that y'all brought me on here for this. And I also am biased because I've always have done this my entire life, like just with through middle school, high school, college, like I've had to incorporate athletics and working out and all that into my life. And, you know, coming into med school, I was kind of debating how much of a priority I would make it because obviously school is a priority, but also like running is like such a big part of my life and part of my happiness and all that. And kind of just in general, um, I try to give myself like one hour to myself every day, even on our like 12, 13 hour study days. (laughs) I definitely make sure I have an hour to myself, whether that be you know, 30 minutes of running, 30 minutes of meditating, or just 
you know, whatever it might be, maybe for you, it's going to be like cooking a really amazing meal or just, that's kind of what I always tell everyone to make sure you have an hour dedicated to yourself. And I usually choose that hour to run or work out, that kind of thing. Um, I am known at the gym to do my Anki on the treadmill. So that is a really big (laughs) thing. Maximum efficiency. I like it. Maximum. Yeah. So I'm feeling stressed, but also like want to be productive. And so that's kind of like the happy medium. I guess. I like it. I think a lot of people think that like, uh, oh, if I, you know, do this physical activity or, or, you know, exert myself in this way, I'm going to be tired to study. So like, what does physical activity do for you, Emily? Like, uh, I mean, yes. I, mean, I can answer that as well, but obviously <laughs> you are our guest. <laughs> I think you know the answer to that question. It gives you so much energy. It is wild. Those endorphins are pumping. Yeah, that's always something I kind of find myself just like when I'm in that rut with like studying or I'm just like I'm too tired to work out or study. It's just like, I just need to go actually just work out. You know, it really just kind of is a good reset for your brain. Just kind of sweat it out, I like to say, and just kind of distracts you for a little bit. Mm. So when I come back to studying, it's just... Yeah, so much better. Yeah, kind of resets the benchmark of like, oh, I was tired. But now you feel like, I feel like for me, every time I go work out, especially um, like, you know, in the middle of a study session or before a study session, you always feel like, oh, I've done something today. Mm-hmm. I have been productive. Now I get to study. I've already worked out. I don't have to like, you know, necessarily be stressed about, oh, I'm not working out. Mm-hmm. I've done it. And now I feel better studying too. It's never on your mind still. A lot of times, like, uh, we'll be looking at, like, our, you know, material study-wise, like, PowerPoints and all. And, like, I, I've had this uh, happen a lot where I'm looking at the page and I'm, like, it's not, nothing's going in, right? Mm-hmm. Like, nothing's really being absorbed by me. So, like, you would, you'd be surprised by how much you actually have in the tank, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people think that, oh, I, I, I don't have that energy in me. I don't have that, you know, that gas left in me. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I know I've been able to surprise myself a lot. I, I know you two, the way you guys are, uh, <laughs> same, right? Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot left in the tank, mm-hmm. a lot more than you would think. Yeah. Agreed. And kind of on top of that, too, I think when people think, oh, I need to like go work out, it doesn't have to be some big, mm-hmm. epic thing. It could be like a walk around the block, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, even just like a little, I don't know, do a couple push ups or like, you know, something. it doesn't have to be something huge. Just I think any little bit of movement really can be a big yeah. impact. I'm a super huge proponent of that. I got really into like more minimalistic working out in medical school. And it has been a game changer. Being able to spend 20 minutes doing something and still feeling like you've gotten something productive done and made progress is always like, mm-hmm. it's a great feeling. Um, so Emily, mm-hmm. I know you wanted to talk a little bit about like, you know, maintaining good mental health in med school. And you did talk about, uh, you know, how running is kind of that, what keeps you grounded. Is there anything else you may do to maintain your mental health in medical school or recommend our listeners do? Thousand percent. Oh, I love, love this. And for y'all who know me, I'm so sorry you're hearing this for like the millionth (laughs) time and stuff. So much of like my success, I feel like in medical school, and I think a lot of people can attribute this to, is just like doing things that you love, being a human, um, and also just taking care of yourself. Like I know we say that, so often but i we say that for a reason you know and also like mental health is such a big part of that like i'm a huge 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 yes woman for therapy i think it plays such a big role for everyone i think there's still kind of a stigma with it like okay there's something wrong with you if you you know go to therapy and like i disagree with that i think med school is an amazing time for that we are so stressed all the time and that kind of one hour a week is where i focus on me i learn how to 
you know, use my stress like for positive things. I learn how to better handle my stress as well as just, you know, just try to grow and make myself a better human. So I think that's a really beautiful thing to do. Awesome. Mm -hmm. I love to hear that. And I think every therapist and psychiatrist in the greater Hattiesburg area should send a personal thank you note to Emily Stack and Lindsay <laughs> Menning. They are on your side. Business is booming. <laughs> I know that you travel a lot, Emily. So tell us how that you know contributes to your life. Oh, love travel so much. And that is such a beauty about being in the most diverse class that the state of Mississippi has ever seen. Ooh. Go almost twos. Um, <laughs> we are from all over the place. And I just love traveling as an opportunity to just, you know, become more diverse as a human, be exposed to more diversity, and just love on just the whole world, which is awesome. And I'm guessing your question is related to how I travel while also being in med school. I'm very grateful that the positions I've held has gotten to let me travel and represent the school at different conferences. Uh, I've gotten to go to two or three this last year, which has been wild. So really grateful for the support of school and SGA and all of that, and just professors who are you know, very accommodating. So how I do that is I ask, you know, I think people are afraid to ask sometimes when they have these opportunities and um, the worst that they can say is no. So I'm a very just like, you know, why not? What could happen? <laughs> and then, yeah, I kind of prepare for that. I study on the road. I do Anki in the car <laughs> or on the airplane um, and also just kind of take time to enjoy that moment, enjoy that trip. You know, I think taking time away from school is also just as beneficial as being in school sometimes. Um, not always, I'm not telling y'all to like go book a billion trips and stuff, but I think, you know, a weekend here and there has a really positive impact, um, especially for some of these conferences um, that we go to. And I'm such a conference queen, like mm -hmm. anytime y'all go to a conference, you will be inspired. Like, I think it's so good for networking and just kind of it reestablishes your why for medicine. And I think we lose sight of that a lot um, in our day-to-day -day grind of med school, especially at board season. We're like, oh, mm. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Time doesn't feel like it yeah. exists. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, but kind of remembering your why and those conferences and being able to travel is like such a big part of that for me. Awesome. It has been an absolute pleasure to have you here, Emily. I don't see you enough um, <laughs> as it is. But yeah, are there any closing statements you want to make? Closing statements. Enjoy life, y'all. We only get one of them. Um, do things that you love. And also remember that you do love school. Ooh, I hate that. I hate that. We are <laughs> It's true, though, right? We love medicine. We love medicine. I think, you know, I don't know. I can't say I love studying all the time, but I do love, like, the people that we're in. I love the future that we have before us, you know, and just soaking up every second of that is so important mm -hmm. in the day-to-day -day life. So. It always makes it easier when you have great classmates yeah. the way Great classmates, <laughs> great support systems. A great podcast. And a great yes. podcast to listen to we if you have some that. free time. <laughs> or in the car. Very true. Yeah, honored to be here. Thank you all so, so Thanks much. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us, Emily. It's been a pleasure. For our listeners who want to learn more about lifestyle medicine and work-life balance, we'll provide some resources in the episode description. Just a reminder that we would love to get your feedback and input, which you can submit through the suggestion form on our website. So stay healthy, stay tuned, and, and let's, let's do it right together. together.